evening, Chad. Hi, Cameron. Is evening. I was expecting like a more of a response. I don't know why, because I didn't give you anything to work with. This is true, but you know what? That's okay, because its opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. I got to say it this so time. So I saw, um, I saw Richard the other day. How is Richard? Well, he's doing great, but he was watching Seinfeld because he's never watched Seinfeld before. Isn't that stupid? Isn't that stupid of Richard? What the... Really? Or are you just making fun of him? I'm making fun of him because he never watched Seinfeld before. That's weird. I feel like everybody has seen at least one episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. So I want to make fun of him. Go, ha, 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 ha. Is he enjoying it? Yeah, he is. Richard, you should write into the podcast and tell us about your opinions on Seinfeld and we'll read them. Yeah, actually, um, you know, it's funny. We're, we're uh, creeping up towards episode 300. Maybe we'll just have him on for a Seinfeld episode. That could be fun. I'd have to rewatch some. I haven't seen Seinfeld in a while, but there was a stint in my yeah, life. I, I was watching a lot too. of it. I've seen a couple recently. There's like the good episodes of Seinfeld are like fantastic TV. And the bad episodes are borderline unwatchable. I think it's one of those things that I can leave on in the background, and when it's good, I can go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. But we'll save that maybe for episode 300 if we want to do a Seinfeld episode. Because I don't think we've talked about that on the show. That could be a fun one. Yeah, let's, let's put that in our back pocket. Um, I've had a busy week with stuff and I don't none of it needs to, to last a long time to talk about but did I show you what I had to do to my car did I show you the picture um yeah you showed me a picture was it this one no yikes so for and I, I explained this off show a couple times throughout the week but for the the listeners the one of the circuit boards on the dashboard of my car that controls the radio volume and the uh, amount of AC, the uh, you know up and down fan vo- button, uh, the, the circuit board shorted. It's a, it's a known problem in this line of Ford cars. And one of the fixes I had read about online was that you could take the circuit board out and if you unplug the buttons or the, the cables that control these buttons, uh, it'll fix it. And I'm, I'm like, at this point, willing to do anything. So my dad and I got together and we decided to take the entire dashboard, the front console, off my car, which involved removing the cup holder and a couple other things, uh, and then so we could get at the circuit board. So that was last week Saturday. Was it this big ordeal? It took a couple hours. We ended up taking a break and finishing it on Sunday. Um, getting the car apart, it's, it looks like an absolute mess. It actually wasn't as bad as it looks. We it took a little over an hour to get that console off. Then. Uh, to get the circuit board out was actually really difficult because the thing we were following was for a slightly different model of car and it was put together differently. And so we had to kind of figure this out on our own. It involved removing a lot of screws and uh, taking the touch screen out and, and dealing with delicate parts that you wouldn't normally want to deal with on a car. But I'm just like, well, at this point, it can't get any more broke. Let's just go. So we get at the, we get at the circuit board and I unplug those two cables and the buttons are don't work no more. I'm like, sweet, the problem is solved. The internet did not lie to me. And then two days go by, and the weather changes, and it's really hot. 
and the problem returns. But now I can't use the buttons to, to mess with it. Uh, the touch buttons on the touch screen work. I can control everything on the touch screen. But obviously, it's it's not fixed, Cameron. So we spent like four hours on this thing over a weekend. We did not fix the problem. It's still broken. So my options are to go to a dealer and get a replacement part or take the circuit board out a second time and send it to a guy in Pennsylvania who repairs them. You buy it through eBay. and He's been doing this for like a decade uh, for $300. Or take it to work and have one of the mad scientist engineers at work be like, I could probably fix this. We have thermal conductive inks and paste. We can just like redraw the traces with a soldering iron. And that's where my that's that is my car story. I kind of hate car stories. They're awful, aren't they? Not not listening to them, but like being in them. It, it's never a good story. No, it I the one thing that I do like is that we we actually did it and tried it. Because you know how much confidence boost you get when you take apart a car and then put it back together and it turns on? You're like, oh, fuck. I can do anything. Like, it is... it is Obviously, it didn't work, so I, I evidently cannot do anything. But for a little bit there, I got to ride a real nice high. What I'm probably going to do is take it to the dealer and just have them deal with it. Um, my dad started making some phone calls cause we, he felt bad and he's like, I will help with this. And then I kept telling him like, okay, did you ask these questions? He's like, no. And I was like, oh, you need to call him back. I want, they're going to replace this and so we're going to pay real money for it. Like I, I want a warranty on the part, uh, cause it will probably break again, but it would be nice if it didn't for a while. And then I want to keep the old board in case I, uh, do have to send it into, that guy in Pennsylvania, I'll have a spare, right? And I still might just send that in off the top next time I have like a spare $300 around just to, to do it. And I can throw it in my basement in a box and be like, this is my spare circuit board in case other one breaks. Because I, I deal with that kind of shit at work, you know, ordering parts, making sure we got inventories and stuff. The mindset can apply to my garage in my in my basement, right? Well, yeah. So hopefully uh, within the next couple weeks, because they have to order the part in and then like they have to program it to my serial number on my car and it's a whole fucking ordeal. Uh. But it'll, you know, it'll get fixed eventually, I hope. It's it it's one of those things. This car should have been recalled because this is a very known problem and Ford can go fuck themselves for not doing that. Well, to be fair to Ford, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> It was. So, yeah, that checks out. We did. We listened to Boston <laughs> while we were taking it apart because I figured, like, if you're going to take apart a car with your dad, you got to fucking listen to Boston. Right? Yeah, like, I know. That's part of it. It was it was great. Then when we were done, we had beer and uh, it rained. But we're like, you know what? We're done. It's fine. It can rain now. We're going to drink beer and watch the rain. And it was I, I get why, like, the people do that kind of stuff. There's there's a very nice dopamine rush just hanging out with your dad after you took a car apart. And it's like, it's, we didn't even get dirty. You know, it's the inside of the car. It's not like we're changing oil. I don't want to change oil. I don't want to ever have to learn how to do that. Fuck that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, it wasn't, but it was. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it was a good experience, even if it wasn't uh, as uh, e- easy or productive as you might have hoped. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about like, realizing you can be self-sufficient if you watch enough youtube videos and like aren't totally stupid 
I know there was a, like a news story where some family was found like dead in the middle of like the Oregon woods or whatever because they were like, we got to get off the grid. I We watched a ton of videos on how to, to live off the grid and then they starved to death. So there are limits to what you can learn through YouTube. And, uh, you know, I think most people have a vague understanding of what their limits are. And if you don't, you could die of starvation in the middle of Wyoming or wherever. I'm I'm getting like, increasingly open to the idea of uh, people just dying off from being stupid. It's a lot less upsetting than it maybe should be, but I kind of don't care. I was watching a video uh, Izzy has uploaded this week, and it was kind of uh, early iPhone nostalgia. Okay. And, like, the culture of, you know, when, when it was a new thing. But one of the topics she covered was... Uh, do you remember that joke going around where it was like, hey, there's a new update on your iPhone. It's called wave charging. And the idea is you can put your iPhone in the microwave and it'll charge your battery within 30 seconds. Oh, I do remember that. And it was a very well done joke because they formatted it like an actual Apple ad and they they had a lot of attention to detail and they wrote out like an explanation of like why it works. And uh, a lot of people actually did fall for it to the point where there were some cities where the police department was, like, issuing warnings to people because they're getting, like, way too many fire calls. Oh, God. And they were, like, setting out public service announcements of, please do not put your phone in the microwave. And it's kind of like, I understand it when it's a seven-year-old kid, right? Yeah. But when it's adults, it's kind of like, well, maybe you don't deserve a house. It is frustrating. I, I don't know. It, that's it. The good thing about that um, that example is like it is an older example because I, I think people talk about how like man people are really dumb now with this internet. I can't believe like the species is so silly and stupid. It's like nah, we've been we've been gullible idiots for a while. No, nothing's like changed that much. I think it just it's reported on a lot more and the. The things we fall for now have gotten like more elaborate, and it, it is frustrating that after all this time we haven't started developing proper like critical thinking skills. Like maybe I shouldn't put my phone in the microwave. I know not to put other metal in the microwave. I bet that applies to the phone. Well, phone isn't metal. Uh, phone. Yeah, it's true. The phone is phone. Um, I I don't want to get like political, so I want to stay on this topic when I bring it up. Okay. Okay. But do you remember uh, that uh, scientific article, that research study that came out explaining how vaccines give kids autism? I remember, oh God, there's a lot of that went on into that. And I know there's like hours long YouTube videos on that article and the culture around it and what isn't isn't horseshit. But did you ever read that article, that study? No, I did not. So the best part about that study is the uh, the evidence that vaccines give kids autism comes from uh, there were like four moms that this guy asked and they all said, yeah, I think so. Huzzah, that is definitely they, they did not review. Yeah, they did not like test for autism before getting a vaccine and after. They didn't actually test for after anyways. They just sort of like, yeah, they have some symptoms. Did you get your kids vaccinated? Yeah. yeah. We got four of these already. This is good enough. And he published it. 
and it was like so embarrassingly bad that it had to get unpublished, which does not happen often. But right. that's what all of this is based on. It goes back to that one study, which technically speaking in modern terms is not a study because it was Correct. unpublished. Um, but that's what it is. And whenever people still bring it up today, it's like, dude, you can go back and read this. Like, I want you to read this and tell me that this is what you believe. Like, I, yeah. I, I just I, I'm not even telling anyone how to believe, but I want you to read this and understand that this is what you're citing when you say it. I um I go on Snopes a lot at work as far as like, oh, I'm gonna have my coffee break. I'm gonna read the headlines on Snopes and their their recent fact checks. And what's been really frustrating over the last, I don't know, couple months is they'll fact check stuff that's like clearly horseshit. And it's like I know people are writing in to be like, hey, is this true? Because they wouldn't be they wouldn't be doing articles like on such low hanging fruit unless they were getting, you know, people asking. And some of these headlines, it's like it's clearly not. That's clearly from The Onion or some rando on Twitter. Like, thinking for more than 20 seconds, be like, no, actually, that sounds so stupid, I doubt it's real, and then moving on. I don't know. Like, they, they had to think hard enough to be like, oh, you email Snopes this article and see if or this tweet and see if it's real or not. It, it, it's like, some of this shit's really easy to fact check. Go to the website it's being cited from, and most of them are, you know, hey, this is... On the disclaimer, like, yeah, we, we 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 are a satire website, but because we're not The Onion, where everyone knows that one, except even then, people will still fall for shit from The Onion, and I don't know how that happens in 2023. I This got real, like, pessimistic real fast. I want to talk about something Yeah, it fun. did. I feel bad about that, because I was just like... I, I, this started off optimistic... Uh, you know, it's like, you know, we've always kind of been this dumb, but it's fine, except it's not. We're horrible now. I didn't mean to go down that path, but I did. Uh, something fun. Oh, I started modding a, a Nerf gun today. I, 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 I'm starting on oh, step good. one. Um, so I, got the, I got that pulse rifle. I'm not working on that one. I'm working on the gun that my neighbor gave me. He's like, you should test everything on this because, I mean, this is just a Nerf gun my, my you know grandson plays with. It doesn't need to be perfect if you screw it up. As long as it still fires. So I'm removing the uh, the Nerf logos, right? The thick plastic. He gave me a couple of tools to try. One was a Dremel, and then the other one was like a vibrating saw, but with a sanding uh, a head attachment. So it just vibrates oh, really okay. fast as a sander. And I was going back and forth between those, and both of them working pretty well. I got one logo off. I got it sanded down. It's, it's not like the prettiest work, but it's fairly flat other than a couple divots I put in where I was not quite paying enough attention with the Dremel. And it was just like, oh, shit, that's a that's a hole. Uh, but it, it's looking decent. So I got to do the other one tomorrow and I'm hoping that'll go even better now that I kind of know the tools. And I was I was experimenting with them, right? Like, oh, should I do left or right up down? What which tool should I use where? Which ones are more accurate? You know, all that stuff. I'm really trying to treat it as like a learning experience. So when I move on to the pulse rifle, I'm like good at it. Uh, but yeah, that went pretty well. I had uh, had my shop vac set up so I could, you know, one hand holding that, the other holding the Dremel, and just slowly going back and forth so I could get rid of all the plastic debris. And it took 20 minutes to a half hour maybe to remove that first logo and sand it down really nice, which is a little slower than I thought it would be, but ultimately the result seems quite good. I think when I, like, wash, the, wash it off and actually apply paint to it, like, it'll look fine. So, got the other side to do, and then if those look good, I will move on to the Nerf gun, because I know my neighbor will want his tools back at some point. 
So I think tomorrow I'll do the next side, and then maybe next weekend I'll do do my gun proper. But yeah, it's it's kind of exciting to do that because the one says to get that done, then I can figure out okay, how do I want to paint this? I'll probably like grab some like decent string or twine or something and like maybe hang it from a tree so I can just kind of go around it and spray paint it like that. I don't have to worry about holding it. I don't I'm going to want to suspend it somehow so I can get everything because it's a 3D part and then I'm going to want to throw varnish on it fairly fast so I can seal the paint in because I think these black primers, these spray on primers, even though they're like two coats in one with primer and all this stuff, like I don't know. It's easy to scratch them off a of plastic with your fingernail. Like you really need to either throw more paint on top or a clear coat to get it to adhere in my experiences. I don't know what yours have been if you're just using, because I imagine you're just using spray paint with your minis. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I got some, uh, it was a primer, but it's like you, you, you paint it on, but it's like thick. Have you seen that? I've seen it. I've never tried it. I can't remember the name now. There's a word for it. Uh, I got some and it was very cheap, but uh, the problem was that I think it was like too cheap because it just did not work. Oh, uh, it wasn't bad. Like, I think if I was just priming a canvas to paint on, it would be fine. But it wasn't working on miniatures. Sure. But I've seen videos of like the good stuff working and it is kind of magic. It's amazing what quality paints will make a difference of. Yeah. And like for the spray stuff, I'm just using like regular Rust-Oleum. I swear that stuff sticks to Warhammer plastic better than like other plastic. And mm-hmm. I know the Warhammer stuff's like made to be painted and maybe maybe there's just a slightly different chemical whatever in that plastic that things adhere to it a little better. Because I was having the most troubles with the Gundams where I, I would, you know, I'm handling them to paint them and I'm like rubbing the, the primer off on the joints and the edges and it's like, how the hell? Like this is supposed to be, you know, a two times coat. It's supposed to stick. Like, you should be able to go outside and spray a garage with this shit and have it stick on there. So I don't know why it won't stick to certain plastic. It's kind of odd it wouldn't to... stick to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Who knows, right? It, it is exciting to be working on the, the Nerf guns, though. Uh, I'm kind of wondering, you know, am I going to, like, weather them a bit, uh, get, add scratches and stuff, or if I just kind of make them look kind of fresh and new? We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to the end result, though. I think I think it'll look nice. I have all the spray paint I need, so I have the black and I have the green. If I want to do weathering with the sharpie, I do have a silver sharpie. So I have like basically all the tools I think I'll need. Taking the Nerf gun apart to spray paint it in chunks does not look that difficult. It's just a matter of really making sure you don't mess with the electronics. Once again, I don't know. I feel like if I, if I can take a car dashboard apart, I can take a Nerf gun apart and not break it. I, I, I think you can. You know, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be okay. Actually, you know, I was hearing good things about that new Alien game. Did you ever look into that? Um, a little bit. There's apparently like some, it's kind of buggy is what I heard. Like the game itself is good. The gameplay is really neat. It's taking a lot of inspiration from like Darkest Dungeon and, and some of these other uh, like XCOM and, th- and stuff like that. So like, there's a lot of cool influences in it. And I don't know if any of the bugs have been fixed, but I guess like there is some kind of game breaking. Like you should start over if this bug happens because you can't progress. Um, oh. Just just weird quality of life issues with it that make it for some people really hard to recommend. Well, that's kind of a bummer then. Yeah. 
I will say the the Darkest Dungeon XCOM influences aren't actually like winners for me. Um, I've played XCOM. I think XCOM is kind of fun, but I also don't need to ever play it again or Fire Emblem or any of those kind of games. Like they're just they're not really what I want from games anymore. So when it's like, hey, it's it's this kind of RPG esque thing, it's like, eh. I'm not sure I asked you before, but what would actually be, like, the perfect alien game for you? I want Aliens as Predator 4. Okay. It's been, it's been I since what? I feel like what? Isolation was my pick. Like, they, they did it. That's kind of all I ever want out of that setting. Alien Isolation was good. I like that game a lot. I do think it could have been, like, three hours shorter. But that might have been partially my bad. No, I, I cool think I've game. heard that from more than one person. I don't really know what I'd want out of a standalone alien game. I, because the, the the space marine stuff is fun, but I think you run the risk of basically having um, what was the one that Gearbox kind of worked on but kind of didn't. It was um, your main. You played a character named Frost, and it was buggy okay. and kind of crap, and you go back through LV uh to. 426 and they're like hey look it's it's a back even though they technically they set off like a nuke at the end of the movie um that whole place should have just been glass and and, and you know radiation but oh ever nearly lost stuff survived we got to come back and do a thing the hell was the name of that game i might have opened up steam and look i didn't hate that game as much as most people did i think there was some neat stuff in it but ultimately it wasn't a very good game and it makes me kind of question how much i want out of, like, a Space Marine fighting aliens game. But then I go back to Aliens as Predator 3 and 2, and it's like, I don't know, the Marine campaigns, and those are pretty cool. Uh, I don't think they were, like, very smart, but they were fun, and, and you got to play with all the tools and kill some aliens. I think adapting things... It, it, it We've talked about adaptations before, but you, you kind of want to get, like in that setting like you want to get lost there so i feel like ideally <coughs> excuse me any alien game would have to make sure that it actually like it, it touches on things that you're familiar with because it's like hey that's right. that thing from the movie i get it that makes me feel like i'm in the movie but at the same time when they rely on that stuff too much and it becomes kind of trite there's yeah. a careful line to walk there it was a uh, colonial marines by the way oh thing okay that was that was kind of bugging me too. So thank you for looking that up. Last played twenty thirteen. Holy shit! I didn't realize that game was that old. Wow. <laughs> Ten years. I think what that worked with right. um, Alien Isolation is that it it definitely sets you into that chunky kind of alien esque sci fi world. You know, it, it just had the sound and the visuals and everything. It really felt like you were there. Colonial Marines wanted to do that, and I don't think it really worked. And part of that I'm not is sure just, they even made a- Colonial Marines. Wasn't that basically like a scam to get money, and then they used that on a different game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the the bulk of the game was ended up farmed out to a totally different studio. Yeah, there was some controversy behind the scenes of that. And then they were like, don't worry, guys, we did we did the multiplayer. And it's like, the multiplayer is the worst fucking part about that game. I was kind of excited for that, and it played like shit. 
I've on occasion thought about reinstalling that game and playing through the uh, the single player though. Just uh, out of curiosity, right? Like, how bad was it? Because it's only like a seven-hour game. Yeah, you know, I feel like we talked about bad movies once and how it's a little harder to do, like, bad games because it's more of an investment. But I think there's still a novelty to, like, exploring bad concepts and kind of deconstructing them. Yeah. I remember, like, they, they had kind of a Call of Duty-esque weapon system at the time as far as, like, upgrading your weapons and getting sights and extra ammo and all this other stuff in people i had never played a lot of the games that let you do that so it was one of my first experiences with like that level of weapon level up and i enjoyed that i thought that was kind of fun i like that you could hold all the guns you got so you have like it wasn't like you have to, you only get two guns at a time like in halo it's like no no you get to you can carry everything it doesn't matter we don't care and that reminded me of like old arcade shooters which made me happy so there were certain things about the game that I was like, you know what, I'm finding enough redeemable things about this where I will at least play to the end and uh, enjoy myself. But like, God, I remember the AI on the aliens being really buggy. They get stuck in stuff all the time. The uh, Once you realize that too, like any kind of tension just totally goes away and you're just kind of wandering around shooting stuff. There's a smart gun segment that's terrible. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of weird problems with that game. Ah, uh, well. Yeah. Like you said, on paper, I'm sure they were building towards something. I think so. I always kept wishing at the time that it would have been cool of, instead of trying to do a sequel to Aliens, if they did a prequel that took place on LV-426 right as the main outbreak was happening, and you basically played as, like, I don't know, the equivalent of a... a a police officer on that planet and that in that outpost and so you're stuck with a very limited amount of guns and you're trying to like section stuff off and save people and you know you just you can't like because ultimately like no matter how good of a job you can do everyone is largely going to die except newt and so having that like futility i think would be kind of neat and you're just like playing against uh an inevitability they, they could have done a really neat more like horror-esque shooting game instead of what they did and i think it would have been a more compelling story and like gameplay experience but i also don't think they wanted to put that much work into it is kind of the uh vibe i got after i played the game where it's like they said they put a lot of work into it look at all the look how cool some of the stuff looks it's like yeah but did you put that much work into this though like <laughs> it's so surface level Um, if we want to keep talking about video games, I've been playing Dark Souls 3 because I wanted to kill Gale. Oh, yeah, you're you're mentioning that. Uh, boss you've been stuck on for a while now, yeah? Yeah, I finally got him. Um, God, Dark Souls 3 is such a weird game. The whole Soulsborne, just the, the ethos of that, right? Like, I'm like, Gale is one of my favorite fights because Joe and I have been playing through this uh, co-op. And I was like, no, I want to kill him by myself and I'm going to film it so I have footage for another music video. And it'll be fun. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I I like this fight a lot, so it's going to be enjoyable. I kind of remember, at least first phase, like I still have a lot of that moveset kind of memorized, so that won't be so bad. And, you know, you shield through second and third phase, it's actually pretty manageable. And then it's like cut to four fucking hours later being stuck on this asshole. And uh, it, it stops being fun around like hour one and a half. 
And at no. a certain point, you're just like, yeah, but I said I was going to do it, and I'm very determined. And I've, I eventually did. I have that third phase down so goddamn well. And I was like, this is taking up a bit space in my brain. I don't know if I need to know Gale's third phase from Dark Souls 3. But then you do get him done, and like it goes fairly smooth because you know by the time you have it clicked into place, he's like barely hurting you, kind of thing. And you're just like, this feels cool. I get, I get, I get the dopamine rush once again. Comes back to that little dopamine of you did something. It's such a strange experience because I know Joe really wants me to play Elden Ring, and I've heard that as far as difficulty goes, like Elden Ring is hard, but there's a lot more options for the I don't want it to be hard crowd, which is gonna be me. But I'm like, did I have that much fun fighting Gale? I don't know. Part of me says no, but then the other part of me felt really good when I killed him. So maybe I did, but I don't think I did. Do I want to play, like you know, 40 hours of this? With Elden Ring, I like. I sincerely think there's things about Elden Ring that you would enjoy. But I kind of want to recommend you do a very specific sort of build that uh, just works better. Sure. Um... there's things about it that are really neat and i i still haven't finished it i got really stuck at a point and it's like i just don't know what to do yet and i'm so i'm so stubborn i won't just look up where i'm supposed to go next oh but i just i feel stuck and i stop playing and so i'm kind of bummed out because i'm like missing half the game because i haven't finished it but i would feel bad if i looked it up and it's like, boy, these games just aren't for me. I'm looking forward to Armored Core 6 next month. Because that actually looks like an Armored Core game and not another Souls game. Yeah, that looks fun. That looks real good. The Souls games are really bad at telegraphing kind of what to do and where to go next. And like, what works and what doesn't as far as builds. And I've always kind of had Joe helping me with them. So I get, I don't have to deal with a lot of that frustration, which is nice. But even like Gale, apparently... There's certain things he's, like, strong against. And I think I was rolling that kind of build and had, like, those kind of weapons. And so I'm doing very little damage to him when I'm fighting him. So the fight goes on for, like, ten goddamn minutes. And you basically have to do it perfectly because he hits so hard. And asking the player to be damn near perfect for ten minutes straight is, to me, a big ask. Like, I don't really want to do that. It's neat when you do it and it's over. But the 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 progression is rocky. I will say by the end, I was like listening to music while I was playing. I was like, you know what? I might as well like try to get more enjoyment out of this. Uh, one time, I was I was talking to Jean Luc and Alex. We were just in a Discord call, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Dark Souls to stream this while we talk about comic books and have fun. You guys can listen to me swear while I tie, and like you know, treating it. It's like the primary thing I'm doing, but there's a secondary thing too. Helped a lot. But it's such a weird way to play video games. I generally don't like doing that unless it's like multiplayer. If that makes sense. Uh, No, it does. I don't know. I feel like I have very lukewarm opinions on like the Souls board games. I really like them, but I really, I really get frustrated with them. And I don't want to be frustrated when I'm playing video games. Like video games are supposed to be fun. To me. So, I I got a new game. I think it's still technically early access, but have you seen Shadows of Doubt? Shadows of Doubt? I have not. Let me find the trailer here. Um, 
I don't know that I'm in love with the art style, but the game mechanics are super good. It's a procedurally generated uh, detective game. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. And so you have this city to walk through and you go to like a crime scene and there'll be a body there and you can check for things like fingerprints and, you know, like where the guy works and like who the last phone call might have been and um, like all kinds of little details and, and uh, you cross reference information and you have to actually do like detective work. And because it's randomized, it can take you in different kinds of directions. Oh, this is cute. Uh, I'm playing... Yeah, it's cute. I'm playing the tutorial. Like, there's basically a pre-done mission where it's like... It walks through things in a specific way so it can explain the steps to you. And I'm still kind of struggling a little bit. So I'm curious if I, you know, do a real game, if I'll be able to figure it out or not. But I feel like I have the tools to figure this game out. Okay. But the, just the concept seems a lot better than, you know, like, I'm, I'm tired of everything being very samey. Like, I, I we had fun talking about E3 stuff, but also the volume of trailers that looked exactly the same that I didn't want to talk to you about. Sure. I like, um, I like how at one point you're like, the character's just like walking and it's raining and he's drinking a coffee. And I know you get really into like the role play aspect of games and it feels like this is very about that just like really immersing yourself in this role as a detective and uh enjoying the atmosphere of the city yeah and you know when it works that's the stuff that i really want to get into i was watching a streamer play it and there were a couple bugs where like i think at one point he found the murderer and he had all the evidence and then you submit it as like a you can go file a report to the police department that you solved the murder and here's the evidence so that they can arrest the guy. But you get a bonus if you arrest the guy and bring him there. And so he, he ran up and like punched the guy and put handcuffs on him and took him to the police department and the police started shooting at him because he was punching some guy. But also like the police didn't see him punch the guy. It just like flagged that anyways. Oh, and so there's little things where, yeah, it's in early access. Um, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not recommending it yet, but I find it very interesting, and I recommend people maybe keep an eye on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know what the hell I'm looking forward to video game wise. Like I I have a free copy of Hellblade, and I installed that a while ago. I have not turned it on yet, and I feel like I should probably play through that because I know that's supposed to be good. Um, I have Freedom Planet. I bought ages ago and, and have never never played. I got a copy of Fear 2 for whatever reason, but that was a pretty cool game. I could play through that. So I have like this weird backlog of stuff that's really old that I think I got on sale. And then I was like, I need to stop buying games on sale because I apparently never freaking played them. Yeah. Which seems to be the I, okay. story. I wanted to ask you this and I forgot. Um, did you ever play Monkey Island? No. So they came out with a Monkey Island story mode on Sea of Thieves. And to me, that's a perfect marriage. It's very cute. It's like the same approach to like comedy and uh, aesthetic of just like cartoony pirate antics. And okay. I've been looking forward to that. And it finally came out. And the reviews are super mixed, like super bipolar. Mm. 
And I'm trying to figure out, well, why? And I realized all the people that don't like it never played Monkey Island. And the the jokes and the references do not make any sense because it's making references to those old point-and-click adventure games where, like, logic does not make sense. Sure. Uh, there's a part early on where you, you're you in one area and you happen to see a bucket. And if you click on the bucket, you can add that to your inventory. And then later, you find a traveling circus and they want to shoot you out of a cannon, but you need a helmet. And so if you use the helmet, no, if you use the bucket on the guy, they treat it as a helmet. And they say, yeah, that'll work. And they shoot you out of the cannon and then they pay you for it. And it's like, that's how those adventure games are. But making a reference in this narrative that you need to use a bucket as a helmet, it like defies logic in a way where it's like, well, no, why? Sure. And people aren't driving with it. So everyone that played the game is like, oh, I remember that part. And they giggle and they say, this is the best day ever. Look, they got the music right. And then everyone else is utterly baffled by the whole thing. And I feel really sad <laughs> for the, the, the guys that worked so hard on it. Yeah. You know what? I'm having a, a vaguely similar um, approach to Lord of the Rings because I, I I read Lord of the Rings a long time like a, about a decade ago, and I'd never read The Hobbit, and so now that I'm going through these again, I read The Hobbit first, and now I'm on you know Fellowship of the Ring, and it's taking me forever to read through this book because ultimately there are things about the Lord of the Rings that I don't think hold up in terms of like modern writing style. Like it is a dated book. There's a lot of great stuff in there, but there's a lot of dated stuff uh, in terms of just structure and dialogue. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting a lot more out of it having read The Hobbit. And like the that transition from kids book to not kids book makes it a lot more interesting. And I appreciate it a lot more versus, you know, basically just jumping into the sequel. And so, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, kind of cool. Oh, have you ever, uh, you know what else, um, on that topic, excuse me. Um, I was watching, you, you know, the internet historian, right? Yeah, I'm aware of him. So he does a, he, <laughs> that's a good picture. Um, I lost my train of thought. What was that? I'm oh sorry. yeah. So internet historian has a side channel where, uh, they'll summarize the plot of a video game and they do it in an entertaining way. Like it's not a educational, Oh, you might've missed this one. It's more like, okay, here's the synopsis of metal gear solid, right? To me, they did for spoken. I don't know if oh, you remember for spoken. I, I remember enough about it to, to be excited. That was the one where they were like, there, that one clip was trending a lot where it's like, did I just move that rock with my freaking mind? And everybody made fun of it. So they walked through the whole story and it was literally a two hour video. And they made fun of some of the, the shortcomings. They made some of, you know, I, I think there's some problems with how it was written and how it was structured. And of course, like a lot of people love to drag it. But something that I realized while watching this, even though they're making fun of it, is just that, like, oh, wait, this is a young adult novel. Like, this is literally just a YA book that I would never pick up anyways. Right. And not because YA books are bad. It's that they have a very specific audience, and I aged out of that. Yep. 
And it's like, you know what? It's not actually bad that this exists. It's just that I think there's a problem with video games right now where they cost so much to make, they have to market it to everyone versus a book where it's like, this is the YA section. And all the YAs will walk into the bookstore and they'll they'll go, yeah, that's me. But there's no YA section at GameStop, which is like right. a shame. Because I think if, if people knew what this was going in, they would have set their expectations appropriately. Maybe avoided it if they don't want it. Uh, the people that do like it would just like it and they wouldn't have to defend themselves. Um, it has every DM trope. Like, it's so... <sighs> Like, the, the magic girl player character gets magic powers and magic realm and save the day or whatever. But it's like, it turns out this realm is uh, uh, protected by four uh, magic ladies, and they're the rulers. And you have to stop them because they, their magic is out of control. And it's kind of like, well, here's their paintings. And it's like, you see these, like, evil supervillain witches or whatever... Except for that one lady that looks just like the protagonist. And she said, well, well, doesn't she have nice, you know, she has this, like, warm smile. And then it's, like, in the very next scene, someone says, like, oh, so you're the savior, huh? And they go, hey, I never knew my mother. And it's, like, just, I get it. I know. <laughs> I know where this is going. And it's it's just embarrassing how they pretend that it's a, it's a twist at the end. That she's the daughter of one of the queen ladies. But at the same time, if I was 12, I don't think I would have picked up on it. Yeah. And so I don't want to drag it for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The you, you, I remember um, reading a Dan Brown book a long time ago. I think it was The Last Symbol or The Lost Symbol. And there were certain narrative tropes in that book. And now, granted, this is for adults, and it was a mainstream hit, and people think he's a good writer when he's not. Uh, but there was like a reverse Luke, I am your father element to it. And I, it was so stupid. But if you don't consume a lot of fiction, maybe because you read Dan Brown and you think he's a good author, you know, that might be really special. You know, you get to you get to do this for the first time. And congratulations. And I, having having an understanding of how stories put, are put together or just like playing a lot of games, reading a lot of books, watching a lot of movies, like you start to really accumulate like a, a library of, oh, I bet this is going to happen next because I've seen it so many times. And, and ultimately, there are only so many logical narrative steps that you can take in a, a blockbuster-style story. You start getting too weird, you're going to lose people. And I think it's okay, you know, yeah, yeah. like for, for children's fiction especially to, you know, if it's not like the most surprising thing, that's fine. It's for kids. It can be, it can be like that. I, I, when I read Twilight as an adult and I didn't like it, that's literally on me because it's not marketed towards me. You know, that's just me being mean to myself uh, and being smug. Like, that's not cool. That's stupid. Oh, okay. So here's a kid's game. That new Lego racing game came out. Okay. Uh, did you see that? I did not. It It's really cute, but it's, you know, it's a kid's game. I don't think it has a super deep, you know, race, you know, simulation quality that maybe some people would want. Uh, but you can make your own car out of Lego bricks. And the the building mechanic is actually really good. Like, you can follow actual uh, Lego instructions and build a one-to-one car, like the one you own. Like, they did a good job with it. But it's just, that it's a cute cool. little game. 
you, you know, you drive around, you slide around corners. It's fun. And it's very interesting because uh, it is, it's a kid's game. But it also really assumes that, like, people are so into battle passes that every user has, like, a credit card and they're going to drop a lot of money on this. Mm. And if I check the subreddit, half the posts are people posting their latest car they built. And the other posts are, are like children literally asking, like, how am I make more points for, for unlock? I, tr- I've been, I do a thing for two months and no points enough for, for blue brick. Sure. Because it's like, yeah, I, who, who's gonna, who's gonna pay for this stuff? Like, it's priced so ridiculously. But it's just sort of strange how, like, I, I feel like if I was marketing a kid's game, if I was in charge of, like, structuring the business model for a kid's game. I don't look at how much money Fortnite's doing and then assume, hey, well, let's just do the same thing. And it'll work out the same for us. Right. You know, <laughs> you have to approach it reasonably. Uh, I find that very odd that companies are still making this mistake. I um, I read a thing on Twitter, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I, I would, I think a, a games journalist retweeted it. So maybe it is. That, I'm like, sorry, Nintendo you, you games. Read, where did you read this? It was on Twitter. Um, no. Oh, I'm. Oh, it was on X. And then a, a journalist re-xed it. Yeah. I, I is it xed or is it zeded? I uh, literally, I don't think any of these changes have gone through yet, so I don't know anymore. Anyways, it said um, <laughs> Nintendo games ultimately like don't. They're not like the big blockbuster sellers like some of the Call of Duties and FIFAs, but they're a lot cheaper to make and they appeal to a wider audience so they stay culturally relevant for longer. So ultimately they still sell like an exorbitant amount of copies. It just it's a slightly longer con, but it works out. And then, like I said, smaller budgets. And I feel like to me that makes more sense as someone selling a product. But the, I guess the difference is, is if, if there's got to be a Call of Duty every year, every two years, versus there can be a Mario every every five or six years, you know the you're not competing with yourself though when you're releasing a Mario every five years. Yeah, I I think that it's interesting to refer to the Nintendo games as like a smaller budget because the the reality is the Nintendo games are the correct budget, and when yeah. Activision puts so much into Call of Duty, that's a bloated budget. And even though bloated yeah. budgets are becoming the norm, they're not, and they have not been sustainable for a while, and I don't know why they keep doing this. Yeah, especially with the the AAA industry, like, everyone trying to compete with each other, either live services was huge, right? I don't know if those are still, like, around as much. And you got all these battle passes, and, and the different ways people are trying to continuously make money off of a single sale of a game. And it's like, part of me gets it because... If you can get away with it, why wouldn't you do it? But people really into playing video games by a lot of different ones, and they only have so much money and so much time. And so you think you'd want to, like, compete with that money and time in different ways instead of just doing the same thing across the board. I was talking to you about Street Fighter VI. Yeah. I heard a funny story about their battle pass. Um... If you don't know the Street Fighter Six business model, they have they release a game and you pay full price for the game, but there's going to be DLC character packs, so you pay for like extra four characters in these chunks, right? Uh, but there's also technically a battle pass in there, 
but the battle pass is like the worst in the industry. Like you get so little out of it. It's like mm. you get stickers and emojis to use online, and that's kind of it. Yeah, and, that's pretty lame. Um, well, somebody asked, like, there was a and a th- session, and there were, like, devs from the actual team involved here. And somebody asked, like, why is the battle pass so bad? Like, what, um, like, what, why, why don't you unlock anything good for, you know, doing it? And the devs apparently all looked really tired, and they were like, just don't <laughs> buy it. <laughs> and apparently the the behind the scenes is they did not want that in there in the first place and capcom was like forcing them to so the compromise was they put it in there so it's technically there but they intentionally made it so bad and unappealing that no one will feel like they're missing out by not buying it and so it's like they have to it's basically the game walking out of the studio with a black eye because it fell down the stairs Mm. when you see that battle pass like it's so weird <laughs> where it's like whoever whoever was demanding it literally didn't know what they were asking because they did not demand like quality or that it be done right they're just like they wanted battle pass on the back of the system because like if that's not on the box then they're they're falling behind they're, they're leaving money on the table and it's like yeah you don't know what those words mean dude I'm gl- I've said this before and uh, it's always worth repeating, but like the dream job of, you know, you're in college or high school, you're like, I would love to work in games media. I would love to work in, in game development. And then having, you know, seen where those things have progressed over the last decade. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I don't. I'll, I'll take my dumb factory job, please, where I write work instructions on how to run printing presses. Oh, wow. Time went by kind of fast. Oh shit! Yeah, we're at fifty-four minutes. Um, I want to say when closing our remarks, since we're doing like random stuff. Yes. Uh, I can't think of anything succinct that ties everything together intelligently. Me either. Well, there you go. I think we both had busy weeks. Yeah, that, I, honestly, I had more stuff I could have gone on about too. Like, I went to a screen printing expo, and that was fun. Um. I, I hit golf balls today, like, in the real life with real golf clubs, because my friend is back in town, and he's like, hey, we should go golfing, and it's like, uh, we gotta at least hit a couple buckets first, because I haven't done this in a very long time, and the answer is, I'm bad at it, which makes sense, because if you don't do a thing in over 10 years, you forget how to do a thing, but it's kind of fun. I've never been good at golf. It is, it is not my favorite sport. In any aspect of the word favorite, but it is uh, you know fun it. way to uh, hang out with someone. What we're probably gonna do next week is go but play with with my dad and my brother as well. We're gonna play best ball. My dad golf's a ton, so we're all gonna shoot and then we pick the best shot. And it's largely just gonna be my dad carrying us through the course. But we'll get done really fast, and uh, you know maybe I'll go up Bloody Marys or something. That sounds nice. Yeah, I figure I, I can get behind that. Like golf is such a weird excuse, I think, to to drink early in the morning on a Saturday. I like the idea of golf. I just really don't have a knack for it. Yeah. I remember um the the like the whole family we, we took beginner lessons once. And it was partially like, hey, this would be a fun thing for us to do get together. 
uh, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to get into business. Maybe mm-hmm. if, if I know how to golf, I can do some of that business golf that you get all those big deals at, like in all the cliches. It is weird that and that man, is like I a just, proper I've cliche. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every once in a while, there's people I work with that are either in sales or they're upper management enough where they're like, oh, yeah, we had to leave early because I have to go golfing with so-and-so for work purposes, basically, to like wine and dine, and they want to do this. And I fucking hate golf, and I'm going to be bad at it, and they're going to make fun of me, but it, ultimately, it is good for the company. And it's like, why Why is this weird Happy Days plot line still a fucking thing? Yeah, I it's one of those things it. that you imagine would go away, but it just doesn't. Yeah. Same with, like, the fishing trips they go on once a year and some of the other stuff. Or, like, the idea of uh, me going on, you know, to supper with my boss, which got floated a couple times and then never happened. And could I do it? Yeah. Would it be a little weird? Also, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. I have a decent rapport with him, so we'd probably just you know drink but it, it still it feels like it, like something that you would see on on a sitcom from the 70s or the 80s like it, it just it's strange that some of these things still carry over well at least uh, in our crazy mixed up world some things stay the same yeah that's fair how about a glad space do you have a glad space um yeah i got i think i have a couple i could choose from the one i'm gonna pick Actually, you know, I'm not going to pick this one. I'm going to pick the other one. I ended up, because uh, uh, my brother was on a, a business thing. He was at a conference, and my mom was visiting her relatives. So there's a couple days where it was just me and my dad were the only people home. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to cook for you on Tuesday. And then I'm at the grocery store, and I see these, like, pepper steak tips. And I've never cooked those before. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to do something new. I'm going to cook cook these steak tips. I don't know how. But I'm going to buy them, and I'm going to do it. So I'm looking up ways to do it uh, on the internet, and some of them are like really elaborate. They take forever. I'm like, okay, well, I want to be able to do this in like a half hour or less, because I'm gonna bake some cauliflower and I got some other stuff. You know, it's gonna be good, but it's gonna be quick because I don't like, I don't like letting stuff you know simmer and stew. I don't have patience. So I fried them in butter, and and they were fucking delicious, Cameron. That was like. I was so I was so ecstatic at how good those were. And granted, they came like pre-marinated, so I didn't have to do like some of the really hard work we, that involves uh, steak. But it doesn't matter because they were so good, and I'm so happy. And so that's like now a new thing I can add to my can cook if I buy them a specific way where I don't have to do any of the hard stuff. That actually sounds like a real nice approach, though. It was fun. We had some. We he brought a beer, and so we each drank beer while I was cooking. We were hanging out, and then. After the beer was over and the food was kind of halfway done, I was like, hey, you want some whiskey? And he's like, yeah. And so I grabbed the whiskey and then we had, a, you know, whiskey afterwards. And it was a really, really nice Tuesday. Well, happy Tuesday. Uh, what about you? Which, uh, what, what were you glad about this week? Well, uh, man, so I went and saw the Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah. And uh, that tickled me pink. Um, that uh, bomb punned me. I didn't. I didn't see the other movies. I saw Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it was made for me and no one else. It was one of those experiences. 
Those because are kind of like nice, I can't aren't they? recommend it to people because they won't have as much fun as I had. <laughs> sure. Um, but I ate it up. I loved it. I can't remember. Have I talked to you about like Disneyland trivia? Have I talked at you about my Disneyland fandom? I feel like we've done that at least once, and either I don't remember any of it, or you didn't talk about Haunted Mansion. Because I, I was actually, I was thinking about talking about Haunted Mansion for the show today, and I kind of realized I want to do homework and have like a whole hour prepared. Oh, that would be fun. Because the, there's stuff about it that I really like. Um, I think it's a very cute ride. Uh, have you ever seen it? No. It's got what I want to say is some very basic effects in it, but they 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 stand the test of time, and there's just a charm to it. This is like, you know, we'll we'll talk about it sometime soon. Um, but the haunted mansion is one of those things at Disneyland that is not based on a Disney intellectual property. Like it it was back when Walt Disney wanted to make an escapism park and not a you know a marketing empire park sure and so it's got its own story it's got its own characters it's about you visiting the mansion and it's just very cute uh it's not scary it's a it's more like it's got the spooky vibes i think if you're a really little kid it might be spooky but it's not like a haunted house with jump scares Okay. And the movie, similarly, it's not scary. And I think some people are going in expecting it to be a horror movie. And then I think some people were going in expecting it to be a comedy. And it's not that funny. It, it feels like the experience of going on the ride. And I walked out of it smiling ear to ear. And I checked Rotten Tomatoes and it's like 40%. And I'm like, that sounds about right. Aww. Um... I feel bad because also I think everyone did a good job, you know, like the casting was good for what it was. It's not quite like pirates where it's like, wow, this is so magical. Everyone needs to watch this. It's unbelievable. They pull it off. It, it's kind of the, the stuff you would expect where they kind of just reference stuff from the rides. Oh, okay. But I enjoyed it. I, I got everything I wanted out of it. That's good. I'm pretty sure that's how I feel about like underworld evolution, especially when that came out when I was in high school. And it's like, oh, this sure. is the movie but, uh, yeah. I want. And there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with sharing it. But also, you have to, like, if you do share it with somebody, you have to set their expectations <laughs> where they might not yeah. enjoy the time. It's, yeah, Haunted Mansion, I want to put in that camp where it's like, well, this is a very Cameron movie, and I'll put it on my Cameron shelf. When you come visit, are you going to bring any Cameron movies? Uh, you know what? We can talk about that. Is there a movie you'd want to see? I don't know. I feel like, um, it could be kind of fun doing a Neil Breen with you, a proper, proper watch along in the same room, the same bottle of whiskey. But if there's something else you had in mind that you're like, oh, I should, I should introduce Chad to this. This is fucking weird. Or this is, you know, something that makes me smile that I might have to explain why I like. There's a certain level of dealer's choice. Um, you know, you don't have to come up with the answer right now, but it's something to think about. I think that is something to think about. I feel like we enjoy movies enough, and we enjoy talking about them enough, that it would be a, a good excuse to, you know, 
to do it. Um, I would love to watch Fateful Findings with you guys, but also, like, we will need rum. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure. I think, so the only one I have on disc is uh, Twisted Pear, and I don't know that I recommend that one so strong. Mm. At least for this viewing. Yeah, like, I recommend it for certain reasons, but you almost have to watch one of his other ones first. Well, we did watch, like, the 40-minute the cut of Fateful Findings. and Yeah, uh, but it, 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 you need the context of the full thing proper. Oh, really? That's no, terrifying. it doesn't help at all. <laughs> Fateful Findings was not a good movie. But, yeah, let me look at my movie shelf. Okay. I like Mario movie. He, he go boing... I was hoping to watch that this weekend, and I think we're going to try and get to that next weekend. Uh, so pretty soon go, we can talk about the Mario boing. movie. Boing. Multiple months behind. Bounce. Did you see the Sonic movies? No, I've I've heard the second one is decent. I I would like to compare and contrast Mario and Sonic 2 if you get around to watching Sonic 2. I could probably get around to watching Sonic 2. They're both in Redbox, and technically they're probably both on that VR chat world if I wanted to just, like, stream them <laughs> from, you know, RussianNetflix.ru. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you got to buy one, get one free at Redbox, then make it a double feature, and uh, I think that would be a fun chat for us. Yeah, that could be a good time. Well, it's fun. We got plans for the future. We don't always have that. Yeah. And I, I hope to bring all you guys along myself. with us. You're all my friends, you listeners. And remember, Probably. Uh, Richard, when you get to the episode of Seinfeld where he goes, what? That's that's when he jumped the shark. That that catchphrase signals it. I like the one where they uh, he's like, you can take a reservation, but you can't keep the reservation. Uh, do you remember the elephant one? No. Where George, like, gets an elephant and he's, like, riding around. George never gets a fucking elephant in Seinfeld. What am I thinking of? I don't know. That, that show never had I'm the budget to I'm thinking of George of the Jungle. Oh. There you go. I You know, they, they look the same. I can see how you get that confused. You know, that wasn't very funny. It wasn't worth the, the attempt. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. You know what, though? We should, we should end on that because... Because we don't really love our listeners. <laughs> if we did, we would stop <laughs> recording this show. <laughs> we love Richard, though. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>